0: Hello, and welcome to Fan Slash Fiction with Andrew Slash Zach. I am Andrew Gum. And I'm Zach Dunseng. And this week we discuss some truly unique pieces of fanfic.
1: Literally one of a kind. Or mm, several of a kind. (laughs) One, two, several of a kind.
0: (laughs) That's fair. We couldn't really search the whole internet. So we did one mini app and realized it was not very mini at all. It was in fact a normal sized episode. So we are going to try to make this one to the point mm-hmm. to uh touch base on something that we discussed in the first season mm-hmm. that we wanted to return to. Zach, what is that?
1: Okay, so some of you may remember that there's a section in episode four where Andrew sort of rattles off a whole section from fanfiction.net where you have one one story that's been – one bit of fan fiction or crossover fiction that's been written about this thing. Like, as you may recall, one way that you can organize all the stories in fan fiction is by number of stories written about them. And, like, again, like Avengers, 63,000, Harry Potter, 50-some thousand – Or if not more, but whatever. A
0: billion. One billion Harry Potter stories.
1: A billion. In terms of how many you're going to read in your lifetime, it may as well be a billion.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Unless you're my sister or myself, in which case, you might get to all of them,
1: Yeah. So, he rattles off a bunch of them, and there was some of them that was like Mr. Holland's Opus, and a lot of things that I would consider pretty mainstream in a lot of ways, but aren't don't I guess you know don't compel people character wise to to continue the story in the same way that a lot of fan fiction does so what why what do you think that is
0: yeah I don't know well it's it's interesting because the fan fiction community seems to be really about that they're about a community of people that love these mm-hmm. these fictional properties so much that they write and read each other's work, mm-hmm. and you know there's like a lot of sharing that happens in that community so It's got to be strange to write one piece of fan fiction on a fan fiction site
1: and just no one else is... I mean, to intentionally zig when everyone's zagging. Yeah. I mean... I mean, but that's like, that's second nature for the internet community, uh, for the internet at large is like, I mean, that's, that's what people do is you just take a thing, a trend, and you do the exact opposite of it to sort of stand out. Right. Now, how... Mr. Holland's Opus is the exact opposite of the Avengers. I have no idea. Oh, so how does a person get to that? You know, like why that character?
0: Well, for one thing, the Avengers is like really well known. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is really known for not having a lot of good Richard Dreyfus, uh, <laughs> and Mr. Holland's Opus has. Excellent music throughout it, an opus one might say, yeah, and Richard Dreyfus, uh-huh, so in a way, it is the opposite of the Avengers,
1: yeah, so
0: suck it, nerd <laughs> um so we're gonna we're gonna talk about some of those. We actually went in and read a few of those uh one offs just to see if we could get some insight into this particular mm-hmm. peculiarity of the internet, and also sorry,
1: but before we do that, does that mean that like? Okay, let's crunch the numbers here. And if 63,000 people have written fan fiction of the Mar- like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh-huh. And one person has written fan fiction about Mr. Holland's Opus. Uh-huh. Is that person 63,000 times bigger of a fan than the rest of those people?
0: I hope so. <laughs> I hope that math is correct because I hope the person who, I mean, spoiler alert. One of them
1: is Mr. Holland's opus <laughs> yes. of fan fiction. Democrat. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't an accident.
0: <laughs> I hope that they love it so much that they love it more than anybody else loves anything. Mm-hmm. And if you stick around during the listening of this, you may just find out if they are that much more of a fan.
1: Stay tuned. To. To, to, to write, write this yeah, second, to this
0: very second. Okay, so let's dive into this. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm gonna end on that one because now I've done all this runway
1: to it, so I gotta gotta end there. Now. Yeah, yeah, that'll be our last one. Okay. So I found a couple, and there uh, I didn't. There wasn't a lot to them, so I was just gonna run through those real yeah, quick. Yeah, do it. So one that I found that was interesting was uh, it was um, it was just dodgeball fan fiction, Great. and it, it's just about Alan Tudyk, who, well. I mean, we'll get into that in I'll, a second.
0: I'll i I'll say it so you don't have to say okay, it. Okay, thank you. Zach looks somewhat like Alan Tudyk, but is called Alan Tudyk's doppelganger a lot by a lot. other people. If I
1: have a freshly shaven face, I get Alan Tudyk surprisingly a lot.
0: Whereas if I have very close-cropped hair, I get that girl from Stranger Things a lot. Eleven? <laughs> <11? So>, yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, oh yeah, yeah. I get that.
0: Uh, so, yours is cooler. I'll just acknowledge yours is cooler. So it's got Alan Tudyk. He's the pirate. He's, he's a pirate. pirate. Steve the pirate. pirate.
1: So yeah. it's basically. I mean, it's just it's it's just a story about him being a pirate. There's no connection to dodgeball or even the modern c- contemporary time period. That's great. He's just he's, a pirate. He's just actually a pirate. So well, yeah, and it, it does all the like. It dream. just does all the like yargy matey stuff, like the fake pirate language that he really hammers in. Yeah in the in Dodgeball, so I mean that's that's it there's not, it's like a page that's awesome and the other one I read that that was like a page that seemed in progress is uh fan fiction for the movie Mother Darren Aronofsky's mother Darren Aronofsky, fan of the show um
0: <laughs> thank you, Darren, for listening <laughs> thanks um, as always darren uh wit which is weird to me because that is just fan fiction of the old testament exactly so that's, you know.
1: Exactly. So, that's. Double down. Right. So, which is interesting that there's like, there's a lot of rich, there's a lot of places you could go with fan fiction of the Old Testament because so many other things are based on it. And so, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just a, it's, it's all just an allegory for the Old Testament and, you know, creativity and relationships between men and women and a lot of things. It's a layered movie. So, there's so much that the person could work with. This person basically is making an adaptation of it i mean they're literally just like sort of writing the you know like i said it's one page it's the first chapter it's it's really just kind of like a one act on the beginning of the movie Hmm. not the first act of the movie but just the beginning of the movie uh and it's not bad i mean it's not written poorly it's just like why yeah yeah it's There's no, they're not interjecting any of themselves into this, so yeah, it's like so, what.
0: So that is interesting. Like it's the only one of its kind, and we haven't run into that very much. you're mm-hmm. just like you just wanted to write it out. I guess we had a little bit in the the Swanception. Episode. That
1: even though had more.
0: I mean, it had umph to it, you yeah, know, it like had that had
1: own external narrative, but yeah. it was like,
0: but it was quoting large sections of a movie. Yeah, it was that was
1: largely true, and this was this was not as bad is the this is not the same as the like just transcribing sort of what happens in the movie this was written in sort of flowery prose Mm -hmm. um i mean it's it 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 calls itself a novelization of the movie so we'll see if they continue with that
0: yeah well
1: uh yeah those are those are the two that there i also i didn't read it but uh, i did come across one that um Is just about the two characters that Patrick Swayze fires at the beginning of Roadhouse. (laughs) Like what happens to them after they get fired from the bar? So that's very silly. That is, I I mean, that's why I didn't read it. Like, (laughs) yeah, can imagine it was going anywhere.
0: Rosenkrantz and Guildenstern Mm -hmm. moment right there. You follow two other.
1: Yeah, maybe I should extended. look into it actually.
0: Yeah. See if we get another group of bumbling randals.
1: Maybe they're the those randals are the reason why that that guy got his throat ripped out. Yeah, oh, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, he chose to go into a very dangerous roadhouse yeah. with a uh, some Patrick Swayze. Yeah. I mean, we we should all have learned by yeah. now. That's a mess with Swayze okay. unless you' are crazy. <laughs> all right, I got some too. Let me tell you about the Stepford Wives. Okay. Seen from an interesting vantage point. Guess the vantage point.
1: Uh, from one of their children.
0: Yes. Yeah. Very good. So the Stepford Wives from the uh, from the perspective of the Stepford
1: teens. Interesting. So
0: they've all got their young kids that have not been fully stepford Stepfordized mm-hmm. yet. And so I they're just kind of, yet. yeah, they're kind of just talking about how weird this community is that they're living in. That their parents are like never around, so they can kind of do whatever they want. Their parents are always like doing these really neat and tidy things. They don't feel any real connection to their parents. They just want to like hook up with each other and do drugs, but well, there's no drugs because the right cause the area is too wholesome. Uh, Steph Wives*, if you have not seen the movie, is all the adults are robots.
1: Yeah, Nicole Kidman.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then it's based on an Love older her. film, I think. Because, it is,
1: but yeah. I don't know anything about it.
0: Anyway, so that was interesting because the kids don't know that, they're, uh, that their parents are robots. Mm-hmm. And I actually thought that was like, yeah, that's a cool vantage point to follow into the Stepford, w- the Stepford Wives. Because,
1: you know. What was happening to the real wives?
0: Uh, I think they're like put on into stasis mm. or something and then they're being replaced is this, is, is by this like, like these a perfect robot is, women is
1: this is an invasion scenario
0: i don't think so i think it's like a company that is selling the perfect woman oh. and they can look just like your wife but better and, and more obedient
1: very, i'm sure yeah, yeah exactly that's it's gross. like a,
0: well yeah it was like a but it's a feminist film like yeah. talking about how that's terrifying the right sure yeah that you're putting on to women you just want them to be these robots right and Turns out that's not a good thing yeah. to want a Stepford wife. So yeah, uh, it's so it's dope. It's it's it was, it it's was a trailblazing
1: dope. feminist film, The mm-hmm. Stepford Wives. The Stepford Wives, yeah, got it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, Bell Hooks, if you're listening, you should really check out The Stepford Wives. Bell Hooks, just a civil rights activist, feminist writer, pretty cool. If that's not correct, please edit that out. I will sound so not woke um
1: yeah you know. well <laughs> <laughs> if i had to edit out all the not woke things we said we wouldn't have much of a podcast <laughs> that's left true luckily we are
0: we trying are in very woke communities of people that are making us better that
1: are smarter time. than we are yeah please continue
0: okay uh the next one is a weird one especially because mm-hmm. it involves kevin spacey and great that's weird now uh it's k-packs
1: I downloaded that one, you and did? I read a little bit of it, but no please continue. Yeah. It's a
0: weird take on okay. K-Pax. So, to get you up to speed on K-Pax, K-Pax is a film about a mental patient played by...
1: Disgraced actor Kevin Spacey.
0: Yeah. D- yeah, Kevin, you really did that one to yourself. Um, and other people.
1: And wow. unfortunately, other people. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. So, it follows him. He's a mental patient, but he says that he is an alien from the planet K-Pax, mm-hmm. and... He's just insightful and strange enough that even though they know he's a mental patient who just has a severe history of trauma, the person who's meeting with him, I think it's like a social worker or something, starts to maybe It wonder. is, played by... I don't remember. But um, he, at the end, he says he's going back to Planet K-Pax, and they, he gets himself into his room, so they go and throw open the door, and the room is empty. And they're like, Oh my god, it's true. He went back to Planet K Pax. Then you look over the side of the bed and you see that this man has just gone into a catatonic state and is not responding anymore, which is how he had been before he had this whole alien from the planet K Pax thing going on. So it seems so like Was he's it
1: William still... Hurt? Maybe? No, I don't know.
0: I don't know. I don't know. But I do remember that it was it was a fun movie. Yeah. Um
1: I saw it the one time.
0: And, yeah, I saw it when I was a kid. And uh, the end is, it's kind of ambiguous. Maybe he was an alien that was inhabiting this body. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe it was just all a delusion and he was only conscious for a while. But it was kind of a feel-good movie. It was Mm -hmm. like teaching them all lessons about Yeah, because Kevin Spacey's
1: character had been a person who had been traumatized. Right. And his his family was murdered. Yeah. And he sort of disappeared from the community he was in and then showed up in this mental institution, uh, uh, Catatonic. Right. And then was starting to have this life come back into him. That was this entity, real or otherwise named uh, Prote. Yes, Prote.
0: Yeah, and he was from yeah. Anyway,
1: from K Pax. Continue. So
0: this goes in a very different direction. Okay, um, it follows a young medical student
1: because and- this is just post K Pax entity leaving yes. his body or exercising his body. Yes, exactly. Exercise from his body.
0: Um. The young student, Valerie, um, is assigned her first patient, uh, this guy, Robert, who was formerly uh Prot uh-huh. the Alien. Um and, and just, formerly
1: um an accredited actor.
0: Yeah. Yeah, formerly just a real powerhouse of a performer. Um, really loved Kevin Spacey for a very long time. And, you know, there are logical consequences to being the worst. Yeah. And it's you know.
1: It even, heroes, it even claims our
0: heroes, guys. Even claims our heroes, because you know that's
1: why I don't have heroes.
0: Yeah, because everyone's the worst.
1: People say don't meet your heroes. I say don't, don't ever have, have them.
0: <laughs> them. <laughs> don't even like make yourself into a hero. Yeah, then you'll just disappoint somebody else yeah. down the down the road. Yeah. Anyway, um, so she has this fully catatonic patient. Starts reading to him from the Bible, taking care of him, mm-hmm. singing to him, falling deeply in love. With mm-hmm. this fully catatonic person. Mm-hmm. Then Gross. one day, while she's singing to him, he wakes up and sings along with her, and they share uh, a warm kiss instantly because he had fallen in love with her too. So it's sort of like a Sleeping Beauty in reverse, mm-hmm. and just as weird as Sleeping Beauty mm-hmm. in that he this was, was very just very rapey. Yeah, that he was just an unconscious.
1: Man. There's not a lot of consent involved No, here. Yeah. no.
0: I mean, he did wake up and kiss her, but it was just... Yeah, you were very much falling in love with a catatonic body mm-hmm. that had no agency, which is a little messed up, however, also sweet and clearly wanted to have a happy ending for Kevin Spacey's character. So, hmm. uh, at least he can have it in that film.
1: Are we too... And the main event
0: yeah last but not least i know you all our want- magnum opus yes our holland's magnum opus that's exactly right our
1: dreyfus opus
0: um so the question posed uh very prophetically by zach at the beginning is if you are one person who has written a piece of fan fiction instead of one of seven thousand five hundred uh or out of sixty five thousand Are you 65,000 times more of a fan? And at least in this case, the answer is yes. This person wrote their opus about Rowena going on to start a career on Broadway. Okay,
1: break down Mr. Holland's opus for us. Okay,
0: Mr. Holland's opus is a a man who's a musician who's trying to write his opus, this Mm -hmm. piece of music that is going to, and he's working on it and been working on it for a very, very long time. Uh, his son uh, is born and is born deaf, and so he and his wife have to get kind of regular jobs, or his wife has to stay home with the the kid, so he has to just get a job as, like, a high school music teacher,
1: and... Um, Everyone's worst nightmare.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, working with high school students, which, for some people, sounds bad. For me, it's great. Love you guys. I hope you never find this podcast, because I say so many swears. But, uh, anyway, uh, so... In the midst of this, he's not happy. He doesn't want to be a high school music teacher. He wants to be a musician, like uh-huh. a professional musician. And he feels like Let's his dreams a have been stymied. And along the way, he meets this high school student who's a very, very good singer named Ruina mm-hmm. and makes her the lead in a musical. And in the end, they come back and they sing his opus for him after he's lived his life. And he sees all the lives that had mattered, that he had mattered to and touched being a teacher. And he realizes that his life that he was afraid had been wasted had actually been a, a beautiful life. Does he die? Life, I think he's dying.
1: Oh yeah. End. Well, they wanted to call it Mr. Holland's cancer, but it doesn't. Really-
0: yeah. It doesn't have the same, you know, uh,
1: oomph. Yeah. Uh,
0: anyway, so they follow Rowena, uh, who goes on to start a career on Broadway? Mm-hmm. And guess how many words are in this story?
1: Sixty-three thousand?
0: No. Seventy-five thousand words. I wanna say it was seven hundred and fifty thousand words, but that's way too long. I think it's seventy-five thousand.
1: Seventy f that that would be incredibly long.
0: Yeah. That's like a book series, yes. right? So uh I mean it's she like a book. Yeah. Just following this character, which if you if you read through it, and I, I didn't read the the whole thing, I'm gonna be honest, but I I skimmed through and read uh, portions of it, and it's really just about like this young woman going on to start a career on Broadway, kind of meeting slimy producer people, people that are trying to help her, but then kind of backstab her mm-hmm. along the way as she's trying to make it on Broadway, which is just like a good story of a young woman trying to be successful.
1: Also another one of those ones that could exist completely independently of Absolute, Mr. Holland's opus.
0: Absolutely, which is why they are actually 65,000 times more of a fan Got because it. they love Rowena so much that they wanted it to be her story.
1: They've also created something for that story that that is Expanding that universe and creating something new, rather than like w- the problem with fan fiction is just where you're like rehashing, rehashing stuff that happens right. in your favorite thing. That, yeah,
0: it's like that making it happen a little differently, or just kind of taking characters from
1: it and. not It's doing the equivalent much of when them. they when they used to re-release the same action figures, but they were just given different paint jobs. Yeah, <laughs> like the same GI Joe, like the same what's his name Snake, not Snake Eyes, Cobra. Cobra. Co- well, no. Um, I'm sorry, I meant to say
0: Cobra.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's who I'm talking about Yeah No, the ninja Um, Yeah, they just re-release him with a different paint job Yeah And call him a different figure And you're like, oh, it's a fucking ninja Yeah <laughs> it's, a, it's a fucking ninja, <laughs> he's you guys just
0: like a, He's just now tan
1: Yeah He's just a naked man now With <laughs> yeah, a exactly. with a Beretta That would be
0: very scary if that was coming towards you with yeah. Ninja Stars though A naked yeah. man with a Beretta or a beret. Does I you said have a
1: beret.
0: You said beretta.
1: I said beretta. Some of if some You had of a
0: beretta the... and a beret and, and a we're baguette. A baguette with burrata cheese on it. That would be
1: very baroque. <sighs> Nailed it. Uh, all right. So that's yeah.
0: all of them for the one-offs. Um, they were one-offs. They were all one-offs and I think that they all
1: did things slightly
0: differently, which makes sense cuz these are people that are swimming against the
1: stream. Yeah. They're 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 trying something different.
0: Yeah, and good for you guys. Mm-hmm. Keep doing it. I still want a Toe Jam and Earl fanfic. Mm. I want uh I want a bible and my Girl crossover. Mm-hmm. Oh, the My Girl one was empty. That's the thing I want oh, to Oh, you, you tried right? to find. You looked I at the My Girl one. Wanted to see if they had one from the perspective of the bees, but I looked <laughs> in the uh, the My Girl file and it was empty. So there is actually no My Girl fanfiction. Yeah. Though if you find one
1: or from the perspective one.
0: of the bees or write one, please tell us. I really want to read that.
1: What would be? We should we should try this too because you're already doing it, and this is a. Uh... This is something that we should start doing when we should start doing the interviews, is wrap up the show and ask them what's the number one, like, fanfic you would want to see.
0: Oh, that's Not good. write,
1: but read.
0: Yeah, one that you – yeah, exactly, that you wished mm-hmm. existed so you could talk about it. That's really good. Mm-hmm. I uh Yeah, I'm, I'll stick with my answer of My Girl and the Bees for now until I think of something better. Do you have one that you um, want to exist?
1: Crossover between – Back to the Future Two and A Clockwork Orange, like where they they both exist in the same dystopian near future.
0: Oh, I like
1: that a lot. As if like Back to the Future Two, that version is just what it's like in Sunnyville, not Sunnyvale. Like where it's like in uh, Twin Pines or whatever.
0: Oh, I like the idea that Biff's son is actually like the Alex. <laughs> yeah, the main Drew, the Malcolm McDowell's- Yeah, Alex. character, Alex. And so his so Marty's son is getting mixed up with those guys and getting pulled in. And so then when he goes back to the past to try to set things right, you've got future Alex, like uh uh-huh. going back with him and just raising hell. That would be great.
1: Yeah, well there you go.
0: Yeah. Uh you could call good. it a clock tower orange. <laughs> yes. Uh, Uh, proud of that
1: okay good evening andrew good evening zach good evening
0: Hello there, Andrew here. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to hear more of this stuff, go to fanfiction.show or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can contact us at Zandrew at fanfiction.show. Our Twitter and Instagram are at fanfictionshow as well. So the things we read today, if you want to read them yourself, are Treachery and Mutiny on the High Seas by Not Marge, Automatons by Kelly Thompson, Walks in the Garden, died Dory's Blue, spelled D-O-R-Y-S-B-L-U, and Someone to Watch Over Me, Rowena's Story by Smoshin. Uh, There were some corrections that we needed to make. Um, For one thing, when I was trying to find the name of the K-Pax fanfiction, I found a bunch of other K-Pax fanfiction, which definitely means it is not one of a kind, so I'm just going to go ahead and call that one My Bad. Uh, Also, Twin Pines is the name of the mall in Back to the Future, not the town. And as everyone knows, the name got changed to Lone Pine Mall because Marty crashed into one of the pine trees in 1955. Sorry, that was an unforgivable error. Um, Also, Snake Eyes is the name of the Ninja G.I. Joe, not Ninja. And uh, this is one that Zach wanted to have pointed out, um, which is, you know, very... Uh, self-effacing of him. But it's Jeff Bridges in K-Pax. So he remembered that there was the alien named Prot that had occupied Kevin Spacey's brain, but didn't remember that, you know, Jeff Bridges, an American treasure, was in the film, though in his defense, neither did I. Thanks again for listening, and see you next time.